0: Hey, good morning, church. Hey, if you're a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome. Uh, For those of you watching online, hey, we're so glad that you are uh, tuned in with us um, this morning. Uh, Just a a heads up, um, we are wrapping up our Count On It series uh, this morning. Next week, I'm going to be doing a standalone, What is a Disciple? I would strongly encourage you to come back next week um, for that message Um, What what does it mean to be truly a follower of Jesus? I think that'd be good for us to to have some clarity on. Uh, But like I said, this morning we are wrapping up our Count On It series. We've been talking about these promises uh, of God. Um, And I'm hoping as we step into this new year uh, that you and I are going to experience all that God wants for us. We're going to experience more. Um, that's really been my prayer, uh, Lord, just more, more, more for my life, more for the church, more for each one of you, that we will meet the conditions that we, we've seen that these, these promises come with so that we can actually not just talk about our faith, but actually experience our faith. We won't just talk about Christ, we will experience Christ and his goodness uh, in, in our lives this, this year. And today I'm wrapping it up with this promise, the promise, the promise of heaven. We have the promise of, of, of heaven given to us in the word. Um, you know, it's roughly 20 years ago, I think it is now. Um, I was doing the math this week. I was like, that's, that's crazy. Uh, but 20 years ago, I was dating Danielle, who, who is uh, now my wife. And um, I knew it was time to pop the question, okay? So pop the question, right? Are you a Vikings fan or a Packers fan? Right? I like the you you know, Cowboys. No, that's not the question I'm talking about. Right? I'm, I'm talking about. I was uh, the the question was Will Will you marry me? And and I, some of you have heard me tell this story. It's a it's it's a terrible proposal story. I would encourage none of you to do anything close to this. We're thinking about popping the question, okay? But uh, at the time, the movie The Lord of the Rings had come out. And I, I, wasn't, I didn't know a lot about Lord of the Rings, but like, right, it was Lord of the Rings. Thought I could maybe do something with that. So I took her to see Lord of the Rings. There's a, a lot of elves and orcs in that movie. And so um, maybe not the most romantic movie, but we, um, we went and saw Lord of the Rings. And then afterwards, I did have this place I was going to take her. Uh, it was at nighttime and so I led her into like the, the, the scariest, creepiest woods you can imagine and not the safest part of town um, because I knew there was, this, there was like this creek there and it had like a bridge that went over it. And uh, so we walked into the forest and it was kind of scary, but I said, you know, I, I will something terrible, like I'll protect you from the orcs, you know, and as I, as I blindly tried to, you know... Stumble my way to this, to this bridge I knew it was out there somewhere, and we found it, and I, I will say the bridge itself was pretty nice, because it was like an opening, and uh, in the trees, and we could see the moon overhead, and you could see it's like sparkling on the, on the creek, and had a little bit of light, and so I, 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 I knelt down, and, and I said again something terrible, like, you know, I will be your Frodo, Um Will, will, you, will, will you marry me? And uh, amazingly, after all that, she said yes. She said yes. But then really, that's kind of when now the, like, the, the hard part started because now we had to start preparing for the wedding day. And we had to start preparing for this thing called marriage. We were now in what you call, right, an engagement. We were engaged. And we had to start preparing for that day. So she started shopping with, like, her mom and her friends for dresses. And, and I had to, you know, start shopping for, like, tuxes and what my best men were going to wear. And we had to start, like, doing our research on, on like, cakes and, and the venue and the reception and all that stuff, all those details. We had to start getting prepared. We started doing marriage counseling so that we wouldn't just be prepared for the, the wedding. Day, but we would actually be prepared for what would come next. Spending a life um, to, 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 together, and so um, we we were we were prepared. And you know, many of us. Um, uh, understand that there's something good about preparation. There's something good about being prepared. That you, you increase your, your, your odds of, of enjoying or making the most of something by preparing for it. And most of us prepare, right, for things like uh, then kids come along and, and you prepare the room. You start preparing buying clothes. You, you prepare for things like that. You, you prepare for a career, you need people go to school for a long period of time preparing for a, for a career. You prepare for that job interview because, right, you understand that if I'm prepared, uh, I'm, I'm going to be the most successful, most likely experience success if, if, I'm, if I'm prepared for whatever that is. We prepare for retirement. And I'm just amazed at all these life events, right, that we prepare for, hoping for success, hoping to do well, hoping to maximize our joy in whatever that thing is. Few of us actually prepare for, for, for the biggest question of our life, which is, what happens the moment after we die? And, and I know that's a question. We don't love to talk about what happens to us after we die. We don't love to talk about death. It's kind of like the, uh, the ostrich, right, that sticks its head in the sand. And not that an expression? Just put your head in the sand. Doesn't that come from, like, the ostrich, apparently? I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently the ostrich, if it's being chased by like a predator, will like stick its head in the sand and think it's safe. And yet we all know that just sticking your head in the sand, it doesn't doesn't make you safe. Its backside is still sticking out. And for many of us, we understand, like, just because we don't want to think about it or we don't want to talk about it, it doesn't mean it's not a reality that every single one of us is going to face. As Christians, we know either two things or one of two things. It's either we're going to die or Christ is going to return. But it's one of those those things. You know, last time I checked, the death rate is still 100%. And so the biggest question of our life, what's going to happen to us the moment after we die, um, is something that you and I should be prepared to answer. And it's a reality that you and I should be prepared for, for that day and what, what, what comes next. And the good news, the good news is that God gives us some amazing promises of what's going to happen. He gives us some amazing promises of what you and I can prepare for so it doesn't take us by surprise, or we don't know what's going to happen, so that we can be ready. And so I want to read off some of these amazing promises that we have from the Bible, that we have from God's Word. And here's something different that I want to do this morning. I don't normally do this, but because of the reverence I feel like we need to have for these promises, the reverence I feel like we need to have for these passages, I'm going to ask us to do something different today. I'm going to ask, if you can, would you stand with me as as I read these, these passages? And if you need comfort today, I I hope these passages are going to minister and speak comfort and encouragement into your heart. John 14, this is Jesus talking. He says this, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. He's talking about heaven here. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Revelation 21, John has this vision of the future, And this is what he writes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Talking about God's people here, talking about the church here. There's gonna be a wedding. Are we ready for that wedding day? Are we ready? Are we prepared? He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then last, we have this. This is the thief that was crucified on the cross next to Jesus, a sinner. Someone who would have thought, I'm going to hell because of the life I've lived, being crucified as a criminal up on this cross, but he says, Jesus, remember me. He puts his faith in Jesus. He recognizes Jesus is the Son of God. And when he says, Jesus, remember me, I want you to see how Jesus answers. He says, truly I tell you, today. Not tomorrow, not some period in the future. Today, when you die, you will be with me in paradise. Hey, Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. All right? This is something we can celebrate. We're going to heaven. We are going to heaven. Can we? I mean, we are going to heaven. Let's let's get excited. Like, this is good news. All right, you can be seated. Is this not something we should celebrate? Is this something we should not get prepared for? Is this not something we should get ready for? We have some amazing promises in the Word of God telling us about this place called heaven, okay? And so today what I want to do with the time that we have is I just want to answer three questions for us, three questions that will help us to get prepared, live a life that is ready for when that day comes, okay? And here's the first question, pretty obvious, what, what will heaven be like? What will heaven be? Be like, and I I just want to preface this by saying there's a lot of mystery to heaven, and I, um, you know, I, I struggle to be able to do this any justice what heaven will be like okay, uh, because they're, 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 this earth and the things of this earth are really just shadows. They're really just kind of shadows that point us to this greater reality called heaven. Paul himself said this in 1 Corinthians 2.9. He said, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who, who love him. He's saying, you know, this is going to be beyond it's going to be beyond what we can understand here in this fallen world uh, where, where sin uh, is a reality. It's going to be so holy, so perfect. It's going to be beyond that. But we do know some things about heaven, and we need to talk about those things, okay? Um, because, because many people, especially people I've noticed who have, like, grown up in the church and stuff like that, they have, like, a, we, we can start to think that, like, heaven is boring, I've met people, like, heaven seems to almost be, like, a, a, a boring thing, right? Like, you've seen the pictures. I don't know where it comes from, but we've all seen the painting of, like, the fat, naked baby sitting on a cloud playing a harp. It just doesn't, I like, I like clouds. I like harps. But the thought of, I should say, I like babies, too. You know? But the thought of doing that for all eternity, like, I don't know. I get why we might think that's a little boring. Or we've heard that, right, like, you're going to sing. You're going to stand and you are going to sing for all eternity. You're just going to sing, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing, right? Can you imagine the quads you're going to need to to do that, to stand for all eternity and sing? Now, Pastor Amanda, she would love that. She's all for that. Okay, but, but because of other texts, I think we recognize that that's being metaphorical there. It's, it's where there's going to continuously be a, a song of worship in our heart for, for, for this place uh, called heaven. So I want to dispel it. I want heaven to be something we're not, something we get excited for, something that uh, we, we understand is it's going to be uh, better than we can possibly imagine. That's what Paul's saying. It's going to be better than you can possibly imagine. But a few things that we know, okay, about heaven is first, in heaven, we are going to have new glorified bodies, perfected bodies, okay? That's, that's good news, right? When Jesus was raised from the dead, right? He wasn't raised a ghost. He wasn't raised just a, a spirit. He was raised with a body. He actually was able to eat. I, that means there's going to be food in heaven. Can we get excited there's going to be food? We're going to be able to eat. <laughs> Jesus is right now alive physically in a body somewhere. He can eat food. I mean, that's, that's what the resurrection tells us, okay? Um, we're going to have bodies. It means you're not going to have any more back aches. You're not going to have any more neck pain. Right? You're not going to have any more depression, imbalances in the brain, no more anxieties. You know, some of us have walked with grandma, grandpa, other loved ones, mom, dad. We've, we've walked with loved ones that we've seen what happens to their body. And, 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 and their bodies, they're going to be in heaven. If they're in Christ, they're going to be in heaven, perfect and whole with new glorified bodies. By the way, people have wondered, like, what age will we be in heaven? And nobody knows that for, for sure, but a lot of theologians um, kind of kind of guess uh, that, that we might be around the age of 30. that we might be in our early 30s, our bodies. And, and the reason for that is, is Jesus, when he was crucified and raised, was, was, was crucified around So I don't know if that's true or not, but many people wonder if we're going to be like in our (laughs) early 30s bodies, you know, hair again, all that. Uh, when, <laughs> when, we, when we get to heaven, okay? The second thing about heaven is like, it's, it's, it's going to be a place of, there's going to be nature there. We read about trees. We read, read about rivers. Uh, God loves nature, right? He created originally the garden. He created nature. And so we can, we can surmise that heaven is going to be a place of beauty, of beautiful nature, probably beyond anything that we can imagine or have experienced in this world. Like some of you, you love going up to the North Shore and just seeing Lake Superior and the beauty that uh, is right here in Minnesota. If you've ever been to the ocean, if, if you've ever been just to a place that like, just took your breath away and just, you know, uh, uh, inspired you and, and awakened your imagination, okay? We can imagine heaven's gonna be even greater. No more evil there, no more sin. They're affecting creation. We're told right now creation itself, nature itself is groaning. But there... God's creation, it, it's going to be perfect. And while I can't even try to give words to what that's going to be like, we, we, can, we can know it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a place of beauty. Because our God, is he not an artist? He's an artist. And we're talking about where God dwells. So we can only imagine the art <laughs> of creation that's going to be there. How about this one? Animals uh, fact, we were talking backstage. The one thing that came up is, do you think pets will be in heaven? (laughs) This is like one of the questions we have. Well, here's what I will say. We know that animals are going to be in heaven. The Bible talks about the lion laying down with the lamb. There's going to be animals. God loves animals. God originally created animals. Do you realize that in the garden before the fall? And and I say this as a meat eater, okay? I love meat. But God originally created us as vegetarians. Animals were not supposed to die. Okay. O- originally that God created them to live and to be enjoyed as 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 pets and part of his his creation. He made that as a concession for survival after the fall of, of man so that we could survive. Um. But I, I think that, that does tell us a little bit about God's heart when it comes to animals, that I, I can only imagine uh, God's love for his creation and, and for the, the animals that will exist in, in heaven. And so it does seem to suggest that maybe, just maybe, I don't know for a fact, but theologians have, 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 have postulated that even our pets go, go, to, go to heaven because God loves Loves animals, So I've already put in a prayer, and I've asked God if that's true. You know, I'd like to be able to um, ride a lion if that's possible. Okay, maybe that's a weird request, but I don't want a horse. I would love to be able to ride around on like a wild lion. So if you see me in heaven up on a mountainside on my lion, you'll know God said yes to that prayer. Um, but that's, that's something I'm asking for. Uh, I remember many years ago, Danielle and I, we, we went to, uh, I was in seminary, so we hadn't really been on a vacation in, in years. Never really even dreamt, dreamt of going anywhere because we were so busy and just trying to make ends meet. Uh, but we decided we were going to go somewhere. We got all excited. We were going. We got prepared. We got ready to go to Arbuckle, Oklahoma. That was really anticlimactic, wasn't it? But in Arbuckle, Oklahoma was Arbuckle Wilderness. Okay, which was this actual, this, 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 this animal reserve, like you went on to this property where wild animals that literally could kill you in a matter of seconds if they wanted to, just roamed free, and uh, they would give you buckets of food, and you would drive through and roll your window down, and they would stick their heads into your car and eat out of the buckets. Uh, this is Oklahoma. They don't have the same regulations, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Oklahoma, primarily when it's in my rearview mirror, but, but 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 no, no, I, I, I love Oklahoma. It was like fun. We got to go and feed these animals, and it became something where we just kind of fell in love with, like, animals, fell in love with God's creation, like these, these wild beasts, these wild animals, and to think that, like, when we're in heaven, we're going to get to, to, to be with the animals like that. I mean, this is going to be part of heaven, part of God's creation, God's house where you and I are going to get to going to get to dwell. And we just might, we just might see our, our pets again. You know, another thing we should understand about heaven is heaven's going to be a place where you're going to see your loved ones who have died in Christ again. Now that's good news. Paul wants us to have hope on that. He says, he says we grieve, right? When we lose loved ones, we grieve, but, but not without hope. And that hope he's talking about is we're going to get to see our loved ones, that grandma, that grandpa again, that mom, that dad, some of us even children, who are going to be there and who are going to be waiting for us, who have gone before us, and we are going to be reunited. And heaven is going to be this place of love. It's going to be this place of fellowship, this place of community. It's going to be kind of like a big family reunion, except you're not going to try to hide from people, right? Right? Because there's no more sin and there's no more, like, things that cause, you know, pride and things that cause people to annoy you. Like, we're going to just, it's going to be a place of love and care for one another and we're going to be reunited. That means church, if we're on our way to heaven together, we're going to be together. That's good news, amen? I hope you would say that's good news. But friends, here's what makes heaven heaven beyond all those things, here's what makes heaven heaven. Do you realize that this is where Jesus is right now? He is physically in this place called heaven. And, and a lot of us, we, we say things like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to heaven. And we're going to see God face to face. And that's true. But do you realize that God the Father, do you realize that, that, that God is spirit? He is invisible? So he will be present with us, but he will be present with us as spirit. So how will we see God physically? How will we hear God with our physical ears? How will we get to hug God and have God hug us back? It will be in the physical person of Jesus Christ. And we're going to we're gonna get to be with Jesus and, and, and bask in the presence of Christ. The one who walked with us through the valleys and the pain of this world. We're going to get to see him and we're going to stand before him. And he is going to wipe every tear from our eyes. And friends, that is what's going to make heaven heaven. Amen? God will be there in our midst. So friends, these are just a few things of what we know about heaven. This is not done it justice. This is just trying to get us to think, man, what we can ultimately know is that heaven will be greater than we can even imagine. The things of earth are just shadows that point us to a greater reality where God actually dwells. But it does bring up this question, the second question I want to answer for us, which is why does heaven matter? Now, some of us would say, well, it's pretty obvious why heaven matters, right? Um, we're talking about our eternity here, and it <laughs> certainly sounds better than, than any alternative. But what I mean is, why, do, why does heaven matter for us today? Friends, the reality is that heaven should shape, this promise of heaven should shape the way we live our lives today. In fact, the Bible talks about something called heavenly rewards, Something that we will receive, rewards that you and I will receive based on the way we lived our life here on earth. Let me read you a couple of scriptures on that. This is 2 Corinthians 5.10. Paul says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Jesus himself says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and, and rust, some translations say vermin, do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Friends, this is not talking about our salvation in these passages. Our salvation has already been secured for us because of what Christ has done and our receiving that. Okay, But what these passages are talking about are rewards That apparently we are going to receive when we enter into into heaven. We are going to stand before Christ and he is going to lavish rewards on us based on how we spent our time on earth. And it doesn't matter whether you were a preacher who led, you know, thousands of people to Christ. It doesn't matter whether you were an auto mechanic who just lived faithfully and used the gifts that God gave you to serve his, his kingdom. The point is using what God has given you here on earth is going to lead to us apparently, I'm just telling you what the word of God says, experiencing rewards when we step in to heaven. You know, there's one thing, good thing, that you are not going to be able to do once you get to heaven. A good thing, in fact a great thing, and you're not going to be able to do it once you get to heaven. What is it? You're not going to be able to lead any other person to Jesus Christ. That is only something we are able to do with this time that we have in this world. That's why Jesus calls us to be fishers of, of men and to use this time to tell other people about Jesus. That's why the church matters. That's why, because we're talking about eternity. In fact, many years ago, I saw Francis Chan do this illustration, and I have uh, used this in the past, but I want you to imagine this rope here, okay? This this rope uh, represents eternity. So just imagine this rope going on through this building, okay? goes, you know, through Brooklyn Park, eventually goes through the state of Minnesota. Uh, eventually, it, it runs through, you know, past Earth, and now we're into space, and it's going past... Um, you know, Jupiter and, and, and then Pluto, and it's, it's now out into, and it just keeps going. There is no end. That's what we're talking about when we talk about eternity. So let's try to get our minds around that for a minute. This, this red right here that you see represents your time here on earth. That's it. In comparison to this, this is what we have with our time here on earth. So this was the moment you were born, right? This was the moment, you know, you blew it and took your wife to see Lord of the Rings for a proposal. And this is the moment you retired. And I mean, give it a, if we give you ourselves 100 years, it, it's, it's this, it's this compared to this. And here's what the Bible's challenging us to do. It's it's challenging us to understand that this right here is our our ultimate destination. This right here is our ultimate home. And the challenge is to invest this into this. To to use the time that you have now to invest in eternity. Eternity. So like I knew this guy, his name was Paul Ridgway. Some of you, you might know that name because he, he was a radio host that was on a Christian radio station, uh, KKMS radio. Um, I was on his show a couple times, got interviewed by uh, Paul Ridgway and got to know him a little bit over the years. But Paul had something wrong with his heart and so he went in for surgery. They did the surgery, but the surgery didn't go right and they knew that he wasn't going to live long. In fact, they told him, Paul, I can't remember if it was two or, or three days, but they said you have two or three days to live. He knew it. So he's in the hospital. And here's what I knew about Paul. Paul loved investing his life here in, in this. He was a man who loved and was passionate about telling people about Jesus And so with those two, three days left, and I heard this from other eyewitnesses that were there with Paul during this time. He he got up out of bed, you know, his robe, you know, flowing. He took his little IV, and he went from room to room with other terminal patients. And you know what he did? He told them the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope that they could have. Because Paul was not going to go to his grave without using every ounce of his energy with every second he had left here on earth to invest Without investing in his home (laughs) where he was headed. Friends, we understand this is what God has called us to. This is what God has called the church to. He's saying use your time here on earth wisely. Do not waste your life. Because eventually your life here will end. But that's when real life is going to begin. Are you ready for that day. That's why I challenge us and I'm going to continue challenging us to keep being the church, not living for ourselves, but living to reach others, okay? But it does bring us to this this last question that I want to answer, which is how do I know heaven is real? Because if I'm going to be called to live my life differently and to invest and make sacrifices, I kind of want to know that heaven is actually a reality worth investing in. And I could tell you things like, you know, just take God at his word. (laughs) That should be good enough. Amen. Just take God at his word. Enjoy his promises. Okay, I'm going to pray and we'll be done. All right. No, because some of us we know that's like I, yeah I I I I know I should take God at His word, but is there anything more? Is there anything more? In a couple of months, I'm going to be talking about the resurrection at Easter. I think the resurrection of Christ and the evidence for the resurrection—hundreds of people, eyewitness testimony—saw Jesus raised from the dead. You wonder ever how the church exploded in growth and eventually took over the Roman Empire it's because of all the people who saw Jesus die and come back to life. I don't know about you, if someone tells me they're gonna die and come back to life and then does it, I'm gonna listen to that person. And that person said, where I am, you will also be. I will take you to be with me. So I could talk about the resurrection. Let's talk more about that at Easter. Friends, when you really get down to it, like how do I know this place is heaven is real? You know what I would tell you? You know what my pastoral advice to you would be? Get to know Jesus for yourself. Get to know this Jesus. Enter into a relationship with this Jesus. I'm not talking about your parents' faith. I'm not talking about legalistic religion here. I'm talking about actually getting to know Jesus in your life now. Talking to him, walking with him, listening for his voice in your life. Friends, you, many of you know my past. You know where I've come from. I, I will tell you without a shadow of doubt, I would not be where I am at today if it were not for Jesus walking with me. And I look back on my life, and I look back on the valleys that I've walked through. I look back on some of the, the, the mountaintops I've, I've stood on because Jesus gave me strength. And as I look back and see those promises that he's fulfilled in my life, I see that faithfulness that he's had in my life. How can I not trust him for his, the future he's promised me? See, when you get to know Jesus and you get to know how good and how faithful he is, you will have no shadow of doubt that if you can do that, Jesus, you can take me to this place called heaven where you belong and where you live today. Do you know him? Is he actually a part of your life? More than just a Sunday Church service, more than just coming and hearing about Jesus once a week. Is he actually a part of your life? Because here's the reality. When you get to know Jesus, here's what's going to happen. He's going to start pouring heaven into your life today. And you're going to start experiencing a little bit of this heaven for yourself. And you're going to taste and see that this Jesus is good And you're going to start learning this heaven must be a reality because I'm already getting a sample of it in here. And if this is how good it is right now, Jesus just having a relationship with you, I cannot imagine what you have in store when we actually see you face to face. (laughs) Friends, we get to know Jesus. And I'm I'm wondering if some of us today need to take that first step just inviting him into our lives. And so here's what I want to do. I just want to ask us to, if we could all just bow our heads for a moment. While your heads are bowed, I'm going to talk to you a little bit. Many years ago, <laughs> Danielle and I were at a conference and uh, We were right down the street from Disneyland. Okay, Disneyland was just right down the street. So we're like, you know, we've never really been there. Let's go. Let's go check this place out. So we went to Disneyland. They they say they're the happiest place on earth. That's what Disneyland claims. It's the happiest place on earth. And it was. I mean, it was magic. It was like, wow, this is an amazing place. I mean, I became the fan. I started walking around with like the Mickey ears. Like this place is pretty fantastic. But then... I started to recognize something. It's not perfect. I realized that, you know, with the $12 hot dog. (laughs) The crowds. (laughs) I saw some woman on her cell phone. I'll never forget it. Here we are, and this supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And she's on a cell phone, and she is crying. I can tell she's like breaking up with her boyfriend. She's yelling, and I'm like, "Here we are, and supposed to be the happiest place on earth." But clearly, this this place isn't perfect. This isn't our home. We were made for something more. We were meant for something more. Sin and pain and tears and death are a part of this world. But friends, that's why we have to be reminded, this isn't our home. And so that's why Jesus came and that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sin. I think we all recognize, hey, we've done things that aren't right. We've rebelled. We haven't walked with God the way we we should have. But he came and he died on that cross to take your sin upon his body on that cross. And I just want you to picture that for a second, your sin, past, present, even future, your sin now transported onto Christ as he's on that cross so that he dies with your sin in his body and is laid in that tomb. Why did he do that? so that you could become a new creation, so that you could experience the forgiveness of sin, so that sin could be wiped out of your life and the price could be paid in Christ and you could be set free to now live your life in a relationship with God. Maybe some of you are out there and you need to take that first step and you need to receive that. That that was the problem with Disneyland, right? Disneyland, we had to pay the admission. We had to take out like a retirement plan just to pay to get in one day at Disneyland. But you don't have to do that with heaven because Jesus has paid the price for you. He is your ticket into heaven. When you stand in the throne room of God and God says, why should I let you into this place called heaven? Just hypothetically imagine that. Why should I let you in to this place called heaven? You know what you're going to do? You're not going to talk about your good works. You're not going to talk about how good of a person you were. You know what you're going to do? You're going to point to Jesus and you're going to say, it's because of Jesus, what he did for me. Because I know I'm not good enough, but he is. And so you let Jesus be your ticket. Friends, that's a free gift that you have to receive this morning. I'm just wondering, is there anyone out there today while our heads are all bowed, no one's looking, if that's you, just so your pastor knows, would you just raise your hand and say, I need to receive that today. I need to receive this gift of heaven. Yeah. I just want to give you a moment. Anyone else out there? I see you down here. I see you. I see you back there. Yeah, thanks. All right, friends, I want to just lead you. This is like the most important prayer of your life. (laughs) This is how we get prepared. So just in your heart between you and God, you just say this. You say this in your heart to God. You just repeat this after me. You say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for making a way for me to spend eternity with you. Because of Christ, I ask you for the forgiveness of my sin. I ask to be cleansed of my sin. And I ask for you now to come into my heart and live and walk with me. With the rest of the days I have here on earth. Lord, teach me who you are. Help me to get to know you. And let me start tasting a little bit of heaven right now in my life so I can start getting excited of what's to come. I ask all of this because of what Jesus has done for me. And Father, today I tell you, I love you and I thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Church, can we give a round of applause for those who raised their hand? Are we excited that we're going to heaven together? Yeah, we get a little excited that we're going to spend eternity together. This is why we now we do worship, because now we're going to get to stand and we're going to get to respond and we're going to get to have hope from your heart in your heart of heart. Thank you, Jesus. I'm getting fired up. Thank you, Jesus. It's because of you, Jesus, not because of me. It's not based on my good works. It's based on Jesus, your good works for a sinner like me. This is why we get happy around here. Amen? Amen. We love this, Jesus. So let's stand. Let's stand and let's give God the glory he's due.